Ah, it's just good to be together. Let's pray, okay? Father, I thank you for times when we can get together uh, in homes. We can get together just one-on-one or a few couples together, however you work it all out. Thank you for the opportunity to be where you are and to know that you're with us where we are. So I thank you now for this time when we can set aside other things that could take our this place, and we come here to be with you and to hear from your spirit and to be wide open to what you want to say to us. So I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. So my name is Doug Sprunt. I have the privilege of being on staff here a bit, also working at a ministry in Ottawa. So the combination of the two leads for a very fun life. I've referred to the fact that the last three years have been the most eventful years. People said to me, are you retired? And I thought, no, I just have new tires. I really do. It's like I've got a whole new engine and I'm just going full blast. So I just have loved the last few years of, of what God is doing. But what he's doing in my life, um, you'll soon hear that it's uh, a little bit of a twist from what I'm used to. So today's message, there's a caveat. If you want to leave now, go ahead and I won't be offended. It is not a regular style of a preaching message. You're welcome to go. <laughs> or grab more coffee or something. But So I want to tell you a bit of the background to how today's message actually took place. I was praying, and I asked the Lord every time I go to speak. I don't have a file that I go back to. I don't file anything. I, it's just a weakness in my way of thinking. So if I actually pulled out a file of messages, I probably have them, but I would never pull out one and recycle it. I'm not into recycling messages. I want to hear what God has to say to us for this day and this time. So I don't want to pull something out and think, oh, yeah, I've done that one a bunch. I've never done this one before, and you will see the reason why in a minute. So I'm praying, and I'm getting this sense of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Oh, and I'm thinking, yes, I love that verse. I'm so excited. I love it. So it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'm thinking, yeah, this, that was our marriage verse. That's what we had at our wedding 36 years ago. It's my wedding band. My wedding band is that. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. It looks like I'm giving somebody the finger, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, my wedding band is actually Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is on my wedding band here. And it's been the foundation of our home. It's been the foundation of our lives. So my mind is starting to spin with how I can tell stories of how we've learned how to really completely trust God with all our heart and what that is to really trust, not in my own understanding, but to learn how to trust God. So memorize the verse. Man, when I was a little kid, we had this thing called treasure chest. And if we learned a Bible verse, we got to go up and get candy or little treats so I know it was really wrong motivation, but hey, it worked. Like, I memorize verses because you feed me candy and I'll memorize a Bible verse. So I have lots of Bible verses. I also had lots of weight as a kid because I had lots of Bible verses and I had lots of candy. But it was one of the ways we bribed kids to learn their Bible verses, and hey, it worked on me. So this was one of the ones that I probably had going through my mind for... I don't know, 55 years or so I've had this verse memorized. So you get the point. I love it. And then one of the things that I do a lot of is uh, ministry weeks at weekends at Camp Iowa. So people arrive at Camp Iowa and they think it's some sort of Indian name. You know, we have Widget to Win, boom, 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 and all these names. And so we have Camp Iowa, and you think, what, what band is that? It's not. <clears throat> it's actually Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's an acronym in Always Acknowledge Him. 
Iowa. Oh, so it's a Bible name. Yes, it's a Bible name. People are quite impressed by that. So I begin to study this great passage. It starts off with trust the Lord. Well, I love the understanding of trust because it's got to be the hardest thing in the world to do. But it means to wholly and securely rely on God's wisdom, power, and goodness, and upon his promise and providence. Rely on totally. Okay, let me just stop there and say, how many of us even have a clue what that's like? Right? I mean, rely on totally. So there's never any second guessing. It's just absolutely relying on. And when I think of that word, I think of a time when I had no concept of trust in my life. Uh, I don't know why, but I just did not have an environment of trust that I knew of trust when I was a kid. And a couple of my grandkids are here today, and they totally trust me. So when they're standing on that wall there, they know I'm not going to let them fall. And my four, we have four kids, and when they were small, I used to come home from work, and we had steps up in our townhouse, and they would all stand, on, depending on their age, on various steps, and then they'd jump into my arms, and I'd catch them. And it was just in our son, oh my gosh, he would just be way too fast. And, whoa, you wait till I say go, and whoa, wait till I say go. And he just would jump right into my arms. And when I was... Just struggling with trust. One day, the Lord said to me, like, why do they jump? And I was like, well, well, they trust me. Why do they trust you? Because they know that I love them, and I would never want any harm to come to them. Then why don't you trust me? Because I really don't know how to love you, and I really don't know that if you're going to protect me from all harm. And he used that simple little story of my kids to begin to break down, I really do not know what it's like to trust. I'll say I trust the Lord. Yeah, I trust the Lord for salvation. I trust the Lord I'm going to go to heaven. But in the (laughs) day-to-day, I'm not really that sure. Let me tell you, I was not really that sure. So the rest of this passage, key words are trust, and the next word is heart. And heart is one of those words. It's actually used a thousand times, over a thousand times in the Bible. And it means all sorts of things. So if you have a heart condition, we tend to think, well, that means you've got clogged arteries or something wrong with your heart. But we also use the expression that they have a heavy heart or I, the, I can sense it in my heart. And we, we use the heart for all sorts of ideas. And, and so what's the idea behind it? Well, it means the center or the marrow, the center and marrow of true wisdom. It's the center. It's the everything about you. So trust, complete reliance on the very center, the marrow of my being. That's instead of having overheads, I made that sound. Isn't that cool? I don't think I've ever had an overhead yet, but one of these years I'm going to shock Christina and she'll say, what, you want something behind you? I like that. That's good. Anyway, I like dull and dark. So the source of feelings, the source of emotions, the source of desires. A few scriptures that talk about heart are this. The heart is where your treasure is. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where's your treasure? The heart, where you believe from. Your source of belief, Romans 5 and 5. The center of our being, that to which God's love is poured into. It's the recipient of God is our heart. Ezekiel 11, verse 19 says, He'll remove our hearts of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. 
So it's possible to have a stony, hard heart, and it's possible that God of all gods will replace it with a heart of flesh. Galatians 4, verses 3 to 9, summarize it by saying, God's Spirit is in our heart. So in the very center of my being, God's Spirit resides. And it's from this very center of my being that I am able to cry out, Abba, Abba, Abba. It means Father, which means I'm Son. Your Father, I'm Son. Your Father, I'm Son. Your Father. And out of that very core of my being, I cry, Abba. So Proverbs 3, written by Solomon, why is this man just didn't quite figure out the women thing very well or the money part, but the rest of him is pretty wise. Anybody that has a thousand wives, I mean, come on, you're not very wise, let me tell you. <laughs> one is enough. Love you, honey, but one is enough. And she would say the same thing about a husband. One is enough. Yes, it is. So Proverbs 3, verse 1, starts off by saying this, let your heart keep my commandments. Let your very center of your being, let that be the source of all of my direction, of all of my obedience. Let it be where I keep God's commandments. Verse 3 of chapter 3 says, and bind them on the tablet of your heart. Not one of these electronic tablets. It's on the very core of me. Bind them so they never leave me. They're part of me. I wake up, I go to sleep in the daytime, wherever I'm going through they're bound around me. It says like cords around my neck. They're bound on me. And then it goes on to say in verse 5, and trust. That word trust. What does that really mean? So I'm loving it. I'm really pumped. I'm excited. I'm thinking, yeah, I can see where this is going to go. And then it seems like all goes quiet. Hello? Like it's Friday. Two days? Maybe it's time for an Andy Stanley video. <laughs> Always go. Something. But it's just silent. And he's not playing games with me. I know God and I trust him completely. But it is a little unnerving thinking, okay, we're just kind of stuck here with, okay, this is good. But um, where do I go with this? So in my wrestling, in my quiet time, in my praying spent a lot of time praying, and I'm not saying that to boast. I've spent a lot of time praying because I wanted to know what God was saying. And I heard God speak to me and say this. He calls me Doug because that's my name. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I've been called other things, but I like Doug. <laughs> so I got, Doug, this verse is for you. This is what I want to dig deeper into you. It's not a passage or a message. It's for you. Okay, it's Friday. <laughs> I want to trust you with my whole heart. But it is Friday, so just provided we understand that. So the later that evening, Linda and I were with another couple helping uh, another couple. So there was six of us together. And we were helping minister to a woman that her heart was broken, uh, just seized in pain filled with fear, and she had no idea, a good Christian lady, devout, been in the church, taught, um, 
There's nothing more you could tell her. She knew. She had forgiven. She had done all those things. But there is a fear that bound her heart. And she asked us to come over and pray with her. I don't know how it's going to go. But I do know that God is there. That he wants to free us. What really saddens me in a situation like that is, how can people, how can I know all of this truth and my heart be so far from the truth? That my heart is bound and my head is free. How can it be this disconnect? And so my passion as Doug Sprunt is my passion is that this goes to here. So that our hearts speak the truth of God, not a relaying of the mind of what we know. So we had the sweetest time of praying, and she says she's never heard God speak. She doesn't know how she is. She's never, ever been accepted by her parents. At the age of 10, her mother held a gun to her head. Can you imagine what trust means to, to the mother's head? But can you imagine the abuse that this kid went through? No wonder why she doesn't know trust, but it takes a work of God to get beyond all of that. So we had a chance of praying, and then she was praying. She heard God say to her, you are my daughter. She didn't even hear that she had prayed that. And it was like, stop. Do you hear what you just said? Thank you, Father, that I'm your daughter. Thank you that you see me as your daughter. Yes, he does. That's where we belong. So it was a really sweet, sweet night, to say the least. And then this coming week... I had the joy of being involved in a couple of Band of Brothers weekends. There's one here at Camp Iowa, and there's one further on in um, Halifax that I'll be heading off to. And I watch these ministries take place, and it's not just a promo for that, but it's really when you get a group of men together and you start sharing honestly, invite them into encountering God, men that know all the answers recognize that there's a deep wound, and I was one of them, a deep wound inside of me that all the knowledge in the world can't heal. I need God to come into that wound and heal me. I need his revelation in the depths of my heart. And boy, let me tell you, that is something that he's been doing in my life. I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm the son of God, that he calls me beloved. For a guy that only knew rejection to actually know that, it's like incredible. It brings me to tears and I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm loved by God. Wow, just as I am, he loves me. So I'm moving somewhere with this. You recognize it's now turning into Saturday. And tomorrow is now the day I'm going to be sharing. And had a busy day yesterday. Last night I had the joy of babysitting. Linda was babysitting the easier two that are here today. I got to babysit the challenging two that are in Perth. They're most like my son. The one three-year-old has discovered that you can actually climb the handles on drawers to get up onto the kitchen counter to get to the second shelf from the top where the jelly beans are and dole them out to your little one-year-old sister who has them all over her face, and I'm oblivious to the fact that this kid, none of our kids, none of our other grandkids have ever figured out that those are actually steps that you can climb up in the kitchen. No one's figured that out. I mean, they have all the safety locks on them, but that just means it's free-for-all, whatever's on the counter and whatever's higher. So this kid's figured it all out. He is like a living monkey. So it was constant radar, just constant. Oh, can't let him out of my sight. What's he doing now? What's he doing now? And it's like, ah, ah, ah. So thank God. And I literally mean, thank you. They fell asleep at 8 o'clock. <laughs> they wore me out. They wore themselves out. But they fell asleep. And it was so sweet. They actually fell asleep together. Never done that before. Hey, 
when you're a grandparent, you don't know the rules and you don't ask, you just do it. And it's like, this is really fun. So they fell asleep. I'm sitting up there because I, I quite frankly don't trust him that he's not going to come connive with something. So I stayed up there with him in the little alcove that they've got. And I wasn't quite sure about her sleeping on a bed. I just wanted to wait until her mummy came home. So I began to prepare for this morning. And this is the part I want to share. And this is from my heart. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do about tomorrow morning. And I heard God say to me, what is it you want me to do? (laughs) So I'm going to read my dialogue. I need a message. I can't go up and say nothing. I can't make it up. I'm committed to speak on what I hear you say and from what I believe your heart to be. I don't know what that is. So then God says to me, what do you fear? (laughs) Well, looking stupid, standing up here and saying, anybody know knock-knock joke? I mean, what do you say when you don't have anything to say? I fear their opinion. I fear how we as OVV would look if I got up and just had nothing to say. I fear new people coming, what they will think. I fear what my friends will think. I fear what Linda would think. She's my number one fan, but she's also my number one critic. (laughs) It's like, honey, I can't believe you said that. It slipped out. Or whatever. I fear expectations of others. I recognize that somehow somebody wrote the rules, and this is what church is supposed to look like. None of us know where those rules got written, but this is what it's supposed to look like. It's what it's supposed to be. It's the way we do church. So God's listening. If I can envision, he didn't really say this, but I'm adding lib for God just a bit, just to help you understand this conversation we're having. It's like God's sitting on the bed or somewhere around me, and he goes, hmm. (laughs) Where did that measurement or expectation come from? And here is where my heart went. And I trust you have the grace to hear what I'm saying today. Lord, I repent of fear for what others think of me more than what you think of. Of making this about me, not of you. Of using your people for me to receive glory that only you deserve. I cannot hold your glory. I cannot contain it. I repent for wanting my message to look good to be admired, to follow the norm. And my heart just poured out to God. I didn't write it all down. So then I get out what is my journal here, and I want to read you my journal entry, and this is my message. I'm sitting there sensing God, and I get a sheet of paper. I didn't have my journal with me, but I rewrote it. And I sense God saying this to me. And what I love about God, what I understand about God, is that we, when we come to faith in Christ, we are given a living relationship with the living God. I love his word. Everything has to be based solely on his word. But he says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. God speaks. And I'm very comfortable with God speaking. It has to align with God's word. And what I'm sharing here are are my attempts to put words into what I sense God is saying. So I'm not saying what I'm saying is scripture. 
I'm saying it's my understanding of what God is saying to me. So I want to read you my journal entry. I'm, I know that there's people that have followed writings of what people have said, added to the Word of God. It's been crazy, some of the outcome of that. It's not what I'm doing with this. I just felt that I needed to read you my journal entry so that you can hear what God is showing me and you too can be encouraged with what God is saying. So I sense that God is saying to me, is your fear of fear that my hand cannot reach to where you are? Do I not know your heart and everything in it? Is my counsel not wise enough for you? You fear. You see it in others, but have failed to see how it operates in you. Trust me. Will I abandon you like you have been abandoned before? That touched a nerve. Will I leave you in those dark places of terror and defeat? My name rides above all this. It towers majestically over the highest peaks. The mountains break open, cedars split, the seas part. Earth is created and man is formed into my image by the power of my word. My name and my power have created it so. I am the living word. There is no power that can stop or hinder me. And it is this very breath of my word, this very spirit that I have given to you and placed within you into all of us who believe in Jesus. My spirit resides in you. I am in you and within your being, and you are within me, with me. My hands, my feet, my breath, my heart of compassion, calling those who are lost to come to me, calling those who are seeking the way, binding up those who are wounded, touching and healing the broken in my name. Trust in me with all your heart. The center of all and who you are, trust in me. Don't fear man or seek their, peace, their praise. Fear me and all that, I will, all that you will miss if you trust only in yourself. I am God. You are a mortal man, the shell of which I fill to live in and through. Trust, with, not with your own understanding. Which of us is the wiser? Who has more wisdom? Have you plumbed the depths of all there is to know? How do you want to be known and seen? What do you want others to see in and of you? Your greatness, your abilities and your talents, your deeds, or mine? Will you let me? Will you step aside of the vessel you are and surrender and repent so my glory may be seen and poured out through you? This is not the logic or ways of man. It is I who instructs them. I am the source of all wisdom and knowledge, not man. Man only uses what can be extracted and defined by themselves. My wisdom is all of wisdom. I am the source of it all. So which of you, which will you choose and draw from, man or me? In every way, in your entire being, acknowledge me. As a leader of my people, there should not even be a hint of immorality in you. Upright in all who think of you and who speak of your name. Pure, holy, righteous, set apart for me. I shall direct your every path. I know what lies ahead for you. There is nothing hidden from me or that which is unknown. Come, trust me. With every part of your being, 
Let me be created in it all. Let me be central in it all. Your heart, my heart. My heart, now your heart. Release your limited ways to me. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My wisdom and understanding is not your wisdom and understanding. Stay with me. Abide in me and in my way. In all, abide. In the darkest of moments, I am light and will come and lead your every step of the way. Trust me with all your heart. Lean not toward your own understanding. In all your ways, Doug, acknowledge me, and I will direct your paths. It changes that verse for me. I recognize that as a church, as a people, the main distinctive that separates us from everybody else is not whether or not we're pro-abortion or anti-abortion or we're pro-gay or anti-gay. None of those are the distinctives that define us as a believer. And in many cases, those are the things that have defined us. In many cases, we have offended unnecessarily. And I'm not going soft on any of those stands. I just mean that we have offended unnecessarily. What truly draws people to Christ is the witness of Jesus here. Not here. And I fear, and I'm, I have no notes for this, I fear and I know that today we've had generations of people that have been raised in an evangelical good church and we can tell everybody the answers, but here is disconnected. And what I sense more than anything else is that God is saying the time has come. I want your heart. I want your heart. I want your heart. I have your mind, but I want your heart. And so many of us are disconnected from our hearts because of woundings. Man, I understand that. I understand the pain of what it is. How can you trust when all trust has been violated by the one that was supposed to give you trust in the earth? I understand that. But I also understand a God that says, I am love, and I have come to heal your broken heart. I have come to restore and make you new. That's what being born again is really about. For me, it was a ticket to heaven. <laughs> I'm going there some glorious day and streets of gold and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to be left behind when the trumpet sounds. And, but until then, it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I still have this broken heart. When I was a kid, I, I mean, I honor the way I was raised, but when I was a kid, my life was so screwed up. And I cried out for help within the church. And I said, how, how, how? Do I have this relationship with God? And all I got was, do, do, do. It's not doing it for me. How do I have this relationship? I longed to know that God was my father. I wanted a father. I wanted to know what it was like to be a son. I wanted my heart to be pure, not bound by sin and shame and guilt 
darkness and depression and despair. I wanted my heart to be pure. And I, no way could I find it on my own. But for Jesus, but for Jesus, he said, I have come. Jesus has come to heal the brokenhearted. How? Great question. I believe it begins with belief and desire. Do you want it? Do you want to trust yourself? Do I want to trust myself? Or do you want to risk trusting? And I recognize, I see people that have addictions, and all they know are addictions, and they're comfortable with that because at least they feel like they know what their life is about. It's destroying them. It's going to kill them. But they feel like they have some measurement of control. But if they give all that up, what will life be like? What will life be like if I don't have all the vices that I hold on to? What will happen when I hit those dark spots? I don't know. But I want to trust you that you will take me through them. That I'll trust you and not me. I'll trust your ways and not my ways. It begins by a longing It begins by an asking. It begins by confession and repentance that we have tried to go our own way and do our own thing. It begins by, it says, you know, two or three gathering together in my name. There am I in the midst. It says, confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. Pray for one another. I have seen more happen in small groups and interconnections of men together, women together, couples together where we really connect, I've seen more happen there than I ever have in the larger gatherings. I think we need to come to a place where we have more of that, which is really my heart for where home groups will be going. There is one starting up in Almont this Sunday, right? Not tonight, but the next Sunday, yes. Um, And there will be starting up with Amber and Craig the following week and a few more. So we will be announcing those. And the heart of those is to get together so that we have a place that's safe to share our hearts and pray for each other and to be real and learn what it's like to trust God. Kyle, we're meeting this Wednesday, the men this Wednesday, and there's a place at Kyle's place right over there where men can honestly pray and let God meet them in their heart. This is not about here. Oh, it's important to make sure that this is all right, but it's here that God wants. Let's pray. I have nothing to say after this. We can be done early. We can sit here and pray. I don't have any magic music, nothing. Um, Let's pray. Father, I began this by asking you, what is it you want? And you asked me to share the story of what you're doing inside of me. And I pray, Father, that any of this that um, is me and not you will be forgotten. And I pray that all that is of you as you're working your life in and through me will be remembered as, a, as hope that if you can do this for this lost guy that I was, if you can do it for me, there's hope for any of us. That we can be found in you, not having a righteousness of our own, but one that is in faith in you, in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Thank you that you're a truth. 
You say you long to reside in our hearts. Make that real in each one of us today. Make it real in our lives. Every part of our being, make it real that Jesus is Lord of our lives completely. And that we know what it's like to love and to trust you with our whole heart, with our whole being. I ask, Spirit of God, that you will minister where we need ministering. For those that struggle with trust, God, I know you have such compassion. I pray that your love will be just revealed in such an immense way that none of us can resist your love. And from that love, learning what it's like to trust you, to completely trust you that when you say jump, we jump because we trust you. You love us. You are Abba. We are your children. And we love you because you first loved us. So thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for gathering us together to hear your word, by your spirit, to hear your heart. And I bless my brothers and sisters with the grace and peace of Jesus, of you, in every part of our being. I bless them. And thank you for this time we've had together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.